Hello everybody, happy Friday and welcome to another episode of Westminster Roundup with me and your favourite, or second favourite, Peter Barnes. How are you, Peter? Hi, Maya, how's it going? Good, good, not bad. So, yeah, it's been a well busy week, right, with the, the oh. budget and everything. Oh god, yeah, every political is basically exhausted at this point. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine, yeah. I've, been, I've been busy. It was so. just like, oh, can it just be the weekend now? And I then know. unfortunately, it just doesn't stop because we've got the Sunday shows to come, so... <laughs> I know, well, that's going to be fun. But no, the good news, like, for you guys, we're, we're going to be talking about, not the budget, we're going to be talking about all the things that you missed from the Westminster bubble, the swamp and all this stuff. Um, so it's going to be quite good. Uh, Peter, tell us what we're going to be talking about. The first, well, first topic. yeah. You're perfectly right. So, as you know, it's been the budget this week, so everything's dominated by that. So what you usually find is there's lots of other little stories that sometimes governments don't want you to know about, or sometimes they don't want the kind of oppositions to, to kind of put too much emphasis on it. They want it kind of swept under the carpet. So one of the main kind of things that's been knocking around for the last couple of weeks is about MP behaviour. Yeah. Now, there's been a couple of stories, really, that have kind of been picked up, um, are kind of popped up on my radar and other, and other people's. But Who's the first um, one? So the first one is, yeah, so which one do we go with first? So the first one is an MP called Owen Patterson. Um, He's a Conservative MP and he's been um, given a 30-day suspension, but it's about to be um, um, voted on. So basically the way it works is the what's known as the Standards Authority, uh, kind of who are the adjudicators of uh, MP behaviour, put forward a proposal to the House and then it's up to the House to say whether they're going to do it or not. Yeah. Uh, So the um, authorities... A recommendation when it comes to Owen uh, is, a, is a 30 day suspension, which is quite severe. It's quite a it's quite a nasty slap on the wrist. That yeah. And um, what, what Owen's been accused of ad, um, company advocacy. So basically, right. consult uh, overly consulting and uh, being pushing a company too far. It's a company called Randox Health. That's when lobbying um, goes too far. Yeah, basically, yeah. So there's, there's certain rules that MPs have that they can lobby to a degree, but they're not really supposed to be an absolute advocate for them. Yes. And Owen's been accused of this, but interestingly, he's come out in a very stern statement and said, this is just completely untrue. Um, you know, he's had a go at the the way he's been treated. And I have to admit, on some of this stuff, he, he does have a point. Right. Um, he's, he's, his main thing is he doesn't follow what he's been calling natural justice. Uh, he's kind of been targeted a little, I do, I do think, on this, because don't forget, we've had a lot of stories of kind of Tories uh, meeting with CEOs and kind of Tory yeah. cronyism and stuff. And I think this is a way of the authority, Senate's authority to kind of push that to one side. They look, we're getting a grip of it. And they've just picked on the wrong guy, if I'm being brutally honest. Yeah, but I hear that the PR-wise is not going too well. Some people are talking about a potential by-election. Yeah, <laughs> so that's the thing. Um, if you, and I, I'm sure that somebody may be able to correct me on this, but as I, from my understanding... If there is a 30-day suspension, yeah. um, constituency can um, constituents can push a, a like a recall, and they can actually force a by-election re- realistically if they wanted to. It's unlikely to happen given the, uh, the demographics of his constituency and oh. the fact that his association chairman has actually come out in favour of Owen and said he's an upstanding member of Parliament and, and he's got a major- big majority, right? He's got a decent majority, so even if they did push it. Well, he might lose a bit of his majority, but he's unlikely to lose his seat. Yeah, yeah. I, I I doubt it will get that far, but it is interesting that this is the one where 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 it's kind of heading. Um, but yeah, well, uh, this is an interesting one to keep our eye on for right. the 
in the future. So that's, that's, that's Owen Patterson. <laughs> that's Owen Patterson. So now we, we move across the benches and we go to the Labour Party and there's the MP Stephen Doherty. Um, now, I have to admit, I don't know much about this guy. He's not really one that pops up on my radar very often. But he's in trouble with the Standards Authority for soliciting drugs from um, one of his constituency, who they've described as a vulnerable constituent. Oh, um, so he's been, uh, so to make it very clear, he's been after um, diazepam. Apparently, he's about to take a long-haul flight or something. Well, this is the story that he's given. And he's asked this constituency, does he have any? Now, diazepam is a prescription-only Class C drug. Yeah. And it's interesting how... Stoity only seems to have got a slap on the wrist, as <laughs> Owen Patterson seems to have um, yeah, been trouble. doing this for today. He's got, got in a lot more trouble. Well, do you think, now, the, theoretically, do you think it's because um, because it's all about the pressure on them when they do something bad or dodgy? Do you think it's because Owen Patterson is well known, but uh, Doherty is not really known? I, <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't really want to wander down that level of conspiracy, <laughs> but it, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is interesting how there's a very clear difference between mm -hmm. these two these two things, and one being, in my opinion, objectively worse. Yeah. I mean, he's a sitting member of parliament. You shouldn't be asking anybody for anything. No, no, no. Um, You're already taking our money. I know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, what, I, fair enough. You could really spin this labour if they wanted to into a story about, oh, he couldn't get in front of a GP. But... Um, you know, he's a sitting member of parliament. He should know better. And it's just a shame that the Senators Authority haven't really taken this opportunity to yeah. really slap it down as hard as they really should do. Maybe they're and all then, in favour of the drug. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> they all know, maybe, maybe no one in Westminster can sleep. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Um, but then, Speaking finally, of sleeping. <laughs> sleeping, yeah. So finally, oh God, that's a um, So finally, you then have the uh, the infamous Rob Roberts MP. He's a Tory. I believe he's the MP for Blackpool. He's not Tory, uh, now, is he? The, the uh, well, yes. Yeah, so this is the thing. I don't really know where he is right now. I, from time of recording, I don't think he's got the whip back. But I know it was due to come back today at some point. I'm not 100% sure if it's come back or not. That's not really popped up on the radar yet. Did someone but... say he was at Tory conference? I th yeah, now, I heard this. I didn't I've see not him. been able to confirm whether it was true or not from yeah. the sources that I use. But um, it was rather tight-lipped. And I would, it would surprise me if he showed up. But yeah, so Rob Roberts was involved in a um, kind of um, inappropriate sexual um relationship with misconduct, yep. misconduct that's the word i'm looking for um allegations and all the rest of it and um it, it was a pretty shocking story and i know there's a lot of young conservatives that were very annoyed that the part that the conservatives didn't take quite a stronger action as they probably should have yep um but yeah so it is interesting how you've got these three mps running around and yeah. doing things they shouldn't really be doing and yet you know the Sanders authority the people who are supposed to keep them in line has no consistency. No. It doesn't seem to follow any kind of pattern or as Owen Patterson is any kind of form of natural justice or, you know, whatever phrase you want to yeah. use. And you then they're then the people that are making the laws that are then going to govern everybody else. The level of hypocrisy in it is stark. And then it's when stories like this happen, you get why people make broad stroke opinions about about politicians. And yeah, I mean, but, who I, said, but what, the one thing I'm kind of angry about or angry and concerned about is yeah. um, so these like three stories, I can I can assure you that a lot of people watching this, you know, at least some. I've missed it. You know, they probably didn't hear much about it. Like I, I, I listen to mainstream media. The problem I have is that when the Westminster bubble, when they do dodgy things or wrong things or you know things that you know should not really be happening in politics, the actual examples don't really get up much unless it's very extreme. Yeah. Uh, but people already have this obviously the the well the, the this perception of uh, how politicians are anyway. So they already like don't really trust them, and they always obviously we all call them like oh you're liars. 
Mm. I think not knowing the examples is not helping. For example, if people knew, the mainstream media, for example, if they focus properly on, for example, these three MPs, why, and also in a balanced way, the, inter- yeah. the degree, would help a lot uh, as opposed to when they don't talk about it, you create this vacuum of uh, not just conspiracy theories, more like just like just theories that you know mm. you don't really hear about the stories of uh, misconduct. You just create it in your head. If we hear the stories, we could actually put them in place, and we'll know exactly when they do bad things or why they do bad things. Do you not yeah. think it's that's why we have this kind of uh, the, the, the divide between people and politics? Yeah, hundred percent. I think you're right there when we're talking about giving people as much information as possible but then unfortunately we live in an age of sensationalism where we then relying on the press to report things in a balanced way and where it's unlikely that that's really going to happen but one thing i do think the media could do to kind of correct this kind of uh, kind of people versus politicians narrative is when a politician does something good yeah. maybe write an article about that yes exactly you know, and I, I i can't remember which journalist it was and they put it out on twitter just after the kind of the David Amos situation and all the rest of it. Um, he said, maybe we should start doing stories of the good things politicians do. And I, I think Deanna that, Davidson is doing it on GB News now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are there are a few people starting to do it. And it, it does annoy me because obviously when people kind of know you work in politics, it's all anybody ever wants to talk to you about. It's like, I have other interests. But um, it is interesting how people come to me with these perceptions of politicians. And I'm just like, I work with these people every day. Some of them I count as friends. I've been to their birthday parties and weddings and, you know, and things like that. And I'm just like, these aren't the people. These aren't villains. They're not nasty people. You might disagree with them. But yeah. 98% of the ones I've worked with, and I've worked with <clears throat> people in every political party, are yeah. actually in it for what they think is the right reason. Yeah. Now, you may disagree with that, but they generally believe they're doing the right thing. And yeah. I know it's really hard to do because we're really entrenched in our own well, opinions yeah. and tribes and all the rest of it. But I do yeah. wish sometimes people would just give politicians a little bit of slack. Don't get me wrong, there are bad apples. Yeah. And you know, the three I've just read out, we just talked about, they need to be punished and admonished and all the rest of it. But again, there are there are good people out there doing good things for people. And yeah. you know, so, a lot of people go into politics, I think these days, for a particular personal reason. Yeah. And, you know, when you, um, when you see a lot of conservative, conservative and Labour MPs kind of behind the camera, they are really passionate about certain issues, like really passionate about it. And it's just a shame that that's never transferred into the media and into the general public. I mean, that's absolutely spot on. And you mentioned, um, for example, the media should at times focus on when MPs do something good or at least, you know, it's, it's kind of balanced or like there's some sort of good news. The problem here is that even when they do something right, objectively right, not in terms of opinion, objectively, certain things or policies or ideas are just correct. Uh, we are going to talk about one of them uh, after what we're going to be talking about but it's regarding kind of less trust and her policies. Uh, but the problem is even when something like that happens, the media just creates maybe more drama and more um, kind of, of course, the division. So, uh, but before we get to less trust, uh speaking of uh the westminster swamp as usual what's the next uh, battle <laughs> yeah so so the next battle i suppose it's a good word for it really is um is all around quangos now i know me and you have this thing with quangos where we don't particularly like them <laughs> so a quango is a quasi-autonomous privatized quango <laughs> yeah famous, yeah privatized quangos they're a quasi-autonomous um government organization so basically they have public funding but they're not civil servants yeah so they can be a little bit more political in their operations, yeah. but they have a lot of control over regulation over certain 
bodies and public institutions. Uh, but what's been interesting that behind the scenes over the last, say, two or three months, it's been happening. There's been kind of removal of what were known as the Blairite Quango. So the the kind of the people that were running these organizations that were quite woke, they yep. believed in all of this Black Lives Matter stuff and all of the trans lobby stuff and like, all of these kind of things that are kind of really controversial and they didn't and really not a priority for the country. And, yeah, not yeah. But the thing is, they they drived uh, these issues were very much in the media at the time, but nobody was really <laughs> understood who was kind of behind a lot of this stuff. So um, there's a lady called, um, and I apologize, I'm going to pronounce her name wrong. It's Catherine Berl Berlinser. She's the social. Oh, yes, the, the, the yeah, she's the yeah. world's strictest head teacher. You know, the nation's strictest head teacher, or whatever, whatever a, mon a, nom a moniker is. <laughs> um, but she's just become the new social mobility czar, yeah. which is a, a fantastic appointment. She doesn't believe in any of this molly coddling. She's not one of these like, oh, we have to hug kids every time we see them. She's not one of these people. I really, really like her. Yeah. Uh, but then. In other areas as well, we've got people like uh, Baroness Faulkner, Jessica mm. Butcher, David uh, Goodhart, who's uh, running uh, the um, Equality and Human Rights Commission. Uh, so these were the people that went after the Labour Party over the anti-Semitism stuff. Oh. And But this, again, it's a really important quango that does quite a lot of work. and It regulates public mm -hmm. bodies and kind of how people interact with each other um, in a professional standard. And, you know, they've taken over quite a lot of... Um, yeah. Uh, a lot of power but again the Blairite running leadership of that lot they've all gone so now we've got people who kind of Boris's people are kind of all really in reality I think they're kind of mining your kind of people as well yeah uh, I, even at places like the office for students you've got James Wharton uh, Rachel D'Souza is now the children's commissioner you know these are fantastic appointments that have gone completely unnoticed and uh, you know it, it this is re it's really important stuff because it's a way to fight the woke Yes, it's a way to fight back, and because it's not shiny and in the news, a lot of people won't pay attention to it. But this is how we win. This is how you win this battle, and it's 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 great move from the government. And actually, I do kind of admire them in a way of keeping a lot of this out of the media because it stops them being controversial appointments. But, now that you may have heard, Catherine um, again, I, I, I'm not gonna, Singh, I think it was something. Yeah, yeah, Bolling Singh. Yeah. Um, again, I'm it's so sorry, yeah. <laughs> but. Um, She's been the one that they've been going after quite a bit in the the Guardian. I've had a few articles about her. She was in the news this week talking about children and original sin, um, mm -hmm. and they've kind of taken her words out of context a little bit. But overall, this stuff has flown under the radar. But it's still really, really important. You know, these these organisations have huge budgets and huge amounts of power. I mean, the one we've now got to look for is some reform to the electoral commission that I know me and you really want. Yeah. Um, and, and then you've got looking at Ofcom as well. They're, they're due to get some new leadership in there as well. So, you know, things it's are all about the changes. Changing. I think this is one yeah. of the issues, but a lot of people think that um, the well, politics, British politics going you know, left, right, or the wrong way or the right way is about politicians or the media or civil servants. Actually, there are like some invisible groups that actually have more impact, including Quangos, including certain think tanks who are very close to parties. These people actually oh, have more influence than, you know, your classic politicians or journalists. So that's kind of um, yeah. a good, uh, big, important news. On the issue, there's actually a reminder uh, Peter, but also the rest of you as well, remind us next week's episode. I want to talk about this bit because um, Peter mentioned uh, uh, the the blur rights and and you know the the, the wokeism that came from the, the liberal left from that side. Uh, I want to talk about this actually next week, a proper like in discussion because uh, both uh, Peter and I were at university at the same time, 
uh, different places, Leeds and Manchester, but at uh, the same time, it's kind of similar environments. Uh, that was a time, because a lot of people think that this new wokeism is actually coming from America. Uh, now, some of the like, specific ones, like in you know, a BLM, yeah, as an idea, comes from America, but overall wokeism starts slowly without anybody realizing. And Peter and I remember university, when we were there, uh, at the time, about you know 10 years ago, uh, that was the time when the students were unlike the 70s and 80s when Jeremy Corbyn's and all the other guys were talking about communism, they started talking about slowly the the, the liberal issues, like you know, gender issues, and then it started like with soft stuff, like an mm-hmm. LGBT, but then it kept going further and further. Now these people are running the Quangos. These people yeah. are grown-ups that are in their 30s and running all these like um, ideas. And so we're going to be talking about this actually next week, so it'll be a good topic to kind of uh, discuss uh, how... Some of the wokeism that we now have is not actually from America. We created yeah. it ourselves. Um, yeah. But speaking of wokeism, to give mm-hmm. us some good news or controversial <laughs> news. <laughs> yeah, depending. Every, every news is either controversial or well, good, depending but, on how. But there, there's two parts of this story to this announcement. But yeah. Yeah, so um, today, Liz Truss, who we know is the Foreign Secretary, but she also has another job. She's also the Equalities Minister. Um, and she has announced today the government's initial plan on conversion therapy. Now, this, this has been a long time coming. And I know a lot of campaigners in, right across the political spectrum have been watching this and campaigning for and, uh, and for and against it. Uh, but no, Liz Truss today announced it. And... As per usual, some people loved it, some people hated it. I would actually say I rather agreed with it. I thought it was balanced. I thought it was quite good. So just to kind of run through it really quickly, um, the conversion therapy is the idea that you can kind of uh, stop people being either gay, lesbian, bisexual, whatever, or you can uh, or then it's also false in the transgender argument as well. So it's, it's kind of, it's a real issue. It's quite a hot button topic at the minute. Um, so... There is a, now a general ban on all types of conversion therapy if you are under the age of 18. Yep. This is something we should all welcome. Yep. It is a barbaric practice, I do have to admit. Yeah. If you're um, not but, an adult, you can't choose, of course. Yeah. Yes, but this 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 is where the kind of controversy creeps in because it does the in the, le- the current form of the legislation, which is just a draft bill, it's yep. not law yet. Um, if you are a consenting adult, yep. you can still undertake it. If you are over the age of 18, yep. you are able to properly cons- uh, consent. So in other words, yes. you, you're not being forced into it. Yeah. And you're not classed as what they call a vulnerable person. So it's, yeah. you're not in a particular situation or, you know, you're not in um, so you're in the right mental state, basically. Sure. Um, and, yeah, so this is where the controversy has kind of kicked off a little bit. Uh, but there are some other really good things in the draft proposal. So, um it's it's being uh, being forced forcing people into conversion therapy is now um, going to be classed as what's known as an aggregating factor. So uh, if you were to be arrested for it, um, you it would mean a longer jail time for it. Um, you know because uh, because of the practice and, and how it's done. Yeah. And then you've also got what's um, known as protection orders. So you can actually mm-hmm. take the passports off people yes. who you think are about to be taken out of the country yeah. to go and to be put through. Uh, this um, thera- therapy um <laughs> yeah uh, so that, that that was a big one for me i was really happy to see yeah. that one in because you know in certain communities let's just say being lgbt isn't yeah. as welcomed as it is in some and uh, <laughs> the same communities that the liberal <laughs> left are supporting yeah yeah ironically ironically, <laughs> ironically. Yeah, uh, but yeah flag so of I, palestine I, and lgbt yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah was it 70 years in prison for being gay in palestine yeah. remind me who are the good guys and the bad guys it's, in this situation still, 70 years still shorter than lockdowns but no. yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it is crazy, but I think, uh, but but the second part of it, which I'm kind of happy about, because in terms of the conversion, but it's about adults and children, and and I think this is where a lot of the liberal left is kicked off. Is the list trust essentially saying that uh, the trans lobby have been bullying uh, kids, and uh, so there's certain organizations like uh, Mermaids, which is a charity uh, that have been trying to brainwash kids and push kids to kind of uh, become transgender. Uh, a lot of them have now come back. Uh, to, to say that I was like, you know, some girls said I was simply a tomboy or some you know, gay guys, again, you know, kids who said I was just a feminine gay, but then they forced me to become uh, transgender. And now they're going to, well, detransitioning. Uh, so they, I think apparently these people have uh, convinced this trust and department. For once, this government actually done something that's kind of anti-work, which is really good. Well, I mean, they have done before, but they haven't been really vocal, so no one really noticed. Mm-hmm. So this is actually going good because the trans lobby, um, I have been bullying some of the kids in some places. I don't care if you're an adult and you what do what, what do you want to do? I don't care. You want to be a cactus, be a cactus. And 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 if if you're my friend, I'll respect you. I'll call you a cactus. Yeah. It's just between a communication between you know a society. But um, going after children, regardless of what it is, I have the same view of on if you're trying to brainwash people, the kids to make them conservative or socialist either way i'm still against that too like in terms of forcing them i, I don't think you can't force them but you know if, if you if there was a way to force them um maybe we should actually let, <laughs> i just changed my mind yeah. <laughs> Brainwash them. yeah give them hayek uh, but yeah brainwashing so, yeah. kids change my mind <laughs> yeah we are the media uh, <laughs> so yeah i mean it's, it's just one of those things isn't it it is yeah so uh, my, I have this thing with mermaids. One, I don't like how they get called. Like actual mermaids or? Actual, no. <laughs> mermaids is a, um, it's a gender, um, kind of a, it's a part of the main, the mainly the trans lobby, to yeah, be honest. Yeah. Uh, and they help support, um, Pink young and... people and people, just people in general over um, gender issues and things like that. Uh, but unfortunately, they also have to spend a significant amount of money on political lobbying. <laughs> they also have a very clear political agenda. Yeah. And, and they and they are very much, if you're not with us, you're against us mentality. Now, I work for a lobbying firm and that's kind of how we work. And we don't get called a charity. You know, we, <laughs> and, it's an actual lobby firm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like how they kind of hide under this umbrella of yeah. being called a charity. I mean, yeah, fair enough. They might do some good works here and there, but so does a bank. So does it, so so do lots of other companies that have their own programs that do some yeah. good things. That's I don't think that's enough, really, in my opinion, to to get them that moniker of being a charity. But yeah, I th- I do think tra- Liz Trust is right. There are lots of these stories where people regret transitioning. Um, there was a famous case not so long ago. Um, I think the ruling actually got overruled about two, three weeks ago of a of a girl who she sued the um, the local um, health provider um, and uh, and she said that like, I wasn't given the right information. I wasn't. I was kind of. She said I was kind of forced down this path because I fit the kind of trendy idea. Yeah. And I can't. I apologize. I can't remember what her name is, but she's a hero in my eyes yeah. to stand up in the way that she did in, in the current climate. I think people like that should be applauded. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I I admire this trust for pushing yeah. back on this. Yeah. I think it is really good. You are right. We don't see it very much. Yeah. But uh, yeah, on this issue, on this whole conversion therapy, trans, yeah. all of this. I think the government has got it what got it right on what I think the majority of the country actually stands on. Yeah. I, th- I do think you're right. I think a lot of people generally don't care about this issue. I mean, I'm not overly interested in it, and I happen to be gay. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> happen to be gay. <laughs> I just happen to be but yeah, exactly. And my, but my thing. If only I, everybody I, just saw it that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just yeah. a person. I just also happen to be this or that. But yeah, no, it, it is interesting how. 
this these issues become so big and it's it's often a lot of media sensationalism a lot of yeah. the right lobbying people are in the right places very eloquent speakers and all the rest of it but i do think the majority of the country do believe you do you just don't i just not interested in it you know i'm not you're not that interesting of a person to me yeah. and I, I do yeah and i think and like you said a lot of it is communication issues between people and you can sort out most of these problems but then i do think the trans lobby are particularly aggressive i don't I don't particularly like many who would say they're in the trans lobby. Um, I particularly how they behave on Twitter. Look at how they treated people like JK Rowling. Julie Bindle is another. Um, you know, there's quite a few examples about how they go after anybody that even dares to question their orthodoxy. They are quite, I think orthodoxy is a, quite a good word, if I do say so myself. Yeah. In, uh, in a way that they are quite in a kind of religious firm. Fundamentalists, yeah. Fundamentalists in a yeah. way. And they can't listen to anything that doesn't compute with what they think. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I not talk think... about this with uh, Daniel McLean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was, it would be interesting to get Dan's views on this one, actually. Oh, yeah, it yeah, would yeah. be interesting to get his views on this. You but on uh, as a general as a general day for Liz Truss, I think she's done quite well. A lot of the <clears> lot of the media seems to have fallen where I, expect, where I expected it to. Uh, but yeah, no, I actually yeah. good good day for the government on this issue. Good day. You mentioned uh, mermaids and the, these organizations who um, call themselves either like charities or it's just a social cause that has to be accepted, but then they actually become political and they lobby. I'm going to give you, um, well, it's another topic I want to talk about, uh, actually probably with uh, McElhinney next show. So I'm going to do another, I'm basically organizing my own next show <laughs> here with you guys, telling you guys, the viewers, to remind me, but also the rest of the channel, uh, is uh, we're going to kind of talk about how I think one of the reasons that the left essentially started losing uh, the, uh, the ballot box, uh, so they found a new way to win the battle of ideas, which is uh, to make some political issues or issues uh, non-political and they made it like the reality and you have to accept it. Like the extreme side of the climate lobby said that you have to accept that we're going to die in 10 years' time. So that's it. You can't even debate it. It's not political. The trans lobby, it's not even a political issue. You have to accept that if you don't, you're a fascist. It, like every, all the critical race theory groups, every yeah. single thing, they, they're winning already by just saying that this is not political. We're not a political group or like an you know, issue. Yeah. Um, you just have to accept it. That's just reality, which takes me to my final rant. Are you ready? <laughs> You're looking forward to this one. <laughs> right. All right. So this week, something happened. Um, Something that happened that didn't really happen, but people thought it happened. Uh, <laughs> Novara Media made a dramatic announcement and released a statement earlier this week saying that uh, we've been banned from YouTube uh, unexpectedly. We don't know what's going on. We went, we went to YouTube HQ. We told them, you know, I don't even know who's the boss, but we told them off and they fixed it basically after like 10 minutes. Uh, and uh, what happened was, and to be fair, I don't really blame people who fell for it at the beginning of it when it first came out. Even people on the right politicians, media people, everybody, even Lawrence Fox and all the others came out in defense of um, Novara Media saying that uh, YouTube... I was one of them. I was yeah, one of them. You know, when, when the story comes out, that's how it looked. That, you know, cause yeah. They released a statement saying that Novara Media was a one-side story saying that we got, we got banned. They, they banned us, essentially, and uh, they didn't tell us why. And we were investigating. Um, so everybody was like, oh, well, this is bad. If YouTube had a meeting and they banned Novara Media, that's, that's just rude. And just, you know, stop doing that. You know, free speech. Then we found out shortly after that there was no discussion. There was no like one person in, in the office in Google to actually like ban them. Essentially, they, YouTube have this problem uh, with the algorithm. It hits a lot of channels, including gaming channels, makeup beauty channels, uh, that uh, the, the acquisition, the accusation against them by the AI uh, was that uh, they were going through the trends of the, the titles that they had and uh, then also the, the audio 
or AI it also listens to the content. It just thought that the titles don't correlate with the actual content. Nothing to do with extreme topics or anything sensitive. Yeah. No, 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 it's not nothing about that. It was just a very weird kind of thing that it's against clickbait. It's to stop clickbaiting. Uh, and then they stopped it. The moment Novara Media emailed and, or you know did a live chat on YouTube with the, with the staff, they immediately had, did a manual check and said, oh, I'm sorry, this was a system error. That's it. Novara Media did not correct you know, the situation. They did not come out to say, by the way, guys, what we said about YouTube, that was wrong. YouTube didn't really mean to ban us. It was just their system error. They continued. And even hours later, 12 hours later and the next day, there were still people coming out, even people on the right coming out to still defend Novara Media. Like, guys, everybody calm down. They'd taken advantage of a situation yeah. that was not even a situation. And, uh, and everybody fell for it. And it's, it, it's kind of frustrating. And nobody listened to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, I have to admit, I was one of these people that I did think that they'd it. been they'd, they'd been kicked off. Um, it generally wouldn't have surprised me, given the kind of some of the content they cover. How it under kind I know that YouTube has quite strict uh, yeah. policies now on what you could you kind of can't <laughs> say. And I did think, oh, they probably talked about maybe something kind of controversial on the fact that the COVID vaccine was yes. my prediction. That was my prediction about they said yeah, something probably vaccine, but yeah, yeah, something maybe that could be considered anti-vax or something yes. and that that's why they've been pinged off the platform but once you say you notice a lot of right-wingers came out in favor of it i was really happy to see a lot of right-wingers come out in favor oh yeah of they, oh, I knew Do I you did. know because i they don't get me wrong it was hilarious i mean <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna lie watching people like ash sakar eat their own words is, <laughs> is beautiful because people found all these interviews that they did where they're yeah. about how council council culture wasn't real and exactly and they, if a private firm kicks you off the platform it's not, it's not kind yeah. of censorship uh yeah okay yeah <laughs> i know and then you know but then I have to admit that when, like you told me, the the other side of this, because like I said, the YouTube is your domain. This is you, you understand this stuff a lot better than I do. And I thought, first of all, it's very dodgy that this is what Navarra Media did. But second, good on them. <laughs> I mean, talk about not letting a good crisis go to waste. Oh man, um, to be fair, yeah, objectively, I can't blame <laughs> them. I, I might have done the same thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I think I think most people probably would have done. But no, I, one thing I do really want to focus on in this story is the fact that so many people on the right you like to say people like lawrence fox and lots of others who you would think would be jumping up and down and celebrating actually came out in favor and said they shouldn't be banned yeah. and I, I thought that was a really yeah good thing because i was yeah. just like when it happens the other way around you get people doing victory parades and i was like no where the grown-ups in the room it showed that the right actually yeah. stands for something i didn't, I didn't see I that thought, side of it i think the political for the future yeah. is a good move overall even though they were wrong but it doesn't yeah. matter we gave we kind of in terms of yeah and it is entirely wrong that navarra media never corrected the record it's entirely wrong that they're still running with this line uh, that's that's just wrong to be fair what, oh. I, what i what i blame is actually um well some, there, there are friends of ours but uh uh, some of the some of the outlets, including Guido Fox, actually, uh, they 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 did not correct it. They still ran the same story uh, from the morning. Yeah. The, the Novara Media channel came back, but then they were still saying that Novara Media channel has been removed. Up to a point where the next day, Douglas Murray uh, started tweeting about it. Even though by that time Novara Media yeah. was back, and to be fair, also Douglas Murray is a grown up. He could still just do a bit of quick search on the yeah. channels there or not. Just do your research first, guys. Before, yeah. <laughs> before I, saying I that, think, you know, I, I, think it, I think it's because this story kind of fed into everyone's already innate biases yeah. about YouTube yeah, exactly. and about big tech you and about censorship. Yeah, you know. And I think people thought, well, it was only a matter of time before they went after someone like that. Yeah. I think that's kind of a lot of where this kind of fell into i think it's it is wrong that a lot of outlets didn't correct the yeah. record it's wrong that navarra media themselves never did it yeah. but i again i was just happy to see people 
being grown-ups about it and saying like, look, yeah, I don't agree with a single thing you have to say. I'm going to laugh at you for 30 seconds, yep. but then I'm going to be on your side. I did, uh, and, I did, I did, I did release a, a Trump-like statement uh, saying that <laughs> yeah, uh, for, a, for a smaller channel than mine. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. Yeah. Well, fair, that I was saw awesome. your statement and I thought, <laughs> oh, someone's having a bit too much fun and someone else is expensive. <laughs> well, it was, it was too frustrating because it, they do have a smaller channel. They've been going since 2011, still a small channel. Yet the BBC wrote a new story about it. Yeah. And I had issues with YouTube, no one wrote about it. <laughs> yeah, no, your favourite no, YouTuber, I, in brackets me. I, I, think, <laughs> I think that might be the other side of this story, is yep. why did... Navarra Media get as much media attention as they did compared to they, other channels. They're good at lobbying. With the yeah, media. they are. They are very good at lobbying it. But it, again, it's not. That's not right, is it? It, it shouldn't yeah. be like that. Um, but yeah, yeah um, it's, I, it's, I have to admit, I I got this story completely wrong until you told me about it. Uh, but yeah, I it's <laughs> when the, when they did get taken down, I have to admit, I did laugh. I I know <laughs> I know I know you shouldn't, but I was just like. It couldn't happen to a worse group of people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the first reaction I had when I first saw it, without kind of doing my research, was one um, thinking, "Oh, it's definitely something about vaccines or vaccine passports." That's, yeah, you know, that's how they. Do. And also, two, I actually thought that's a permanent ban. So I was like, "That's quite funny." But yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, I, yeah. No, that was not that's, true. that's exactly what went through my head. I thought they've finally gone too far. Even for YouTube, they've what finally they gone. Say? Too, what did they say? <laughs> that, that, that was that was my immediate. Re, um, Google was into when I when I saw it kind of popped up. I was like, "What did they say?" Did they I mean, because <laughs> usually when someone gets kicked from a platform, they've said something. Yeah, you know, that's like very on the nose. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. "Oh, here we yeah. go." Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's really weird, but it's fine. Yeah. We're still going. We're still fighting back on the channel, but also on YouTube, we're still trying to fight back the algorithm. But obviously, the only way to watch the proper uh, in-depth discussions on the video podcast is here. Yeah, I do. I think we need to come up with a new phrase as well because uh, you know we are we are the media, but uh, talk radio has uh, the house of home of common sense. Um, yeah. And uh, Alex Bailfield, another YouTuber, has uh, was it the voice of the Com voice of reason? Voice of reason, yeah. So guys, come up with a new name. Send us an email. Uh, <laughs> you give us a new catchphrase. Right. Uh, thanks again, everybody. Thanks to Peter for joining us on Friday. Uh, I'm sure we are now going to go have some drinks. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but I'll see you guys on Monday with another show.